What up, world? Back again. Y'all know what it is. It's the Country Rap Report. Yours truly, Vic XL. It's your dude, Spank. I look a little lighter today. Yeah. Um, What's going on with you, man? Uh, I'm thirsty right now. I'm watching my wife eat a smoothie in front of me. You want some whiskey? On the other side of this camera. No, I'm good, man. I, drink. I want none of this picket water. I drank enough for me and you. Okay, so look, man. For all the first-time viewers who are watching us for the very first time, let me let you know what you are looking at. We are the Country Rap Report. We are the show that reviews the best and worst in Country Rap videos, okay? We give you our expertise, our opinions, our reactions. Whatever tag you choose to put on a video, that's what we give you. From an industry standpoint, because combined, we have over 30 years of industry experience. 30? Well, like 75. Come on now. No, I mean, when you, when you say, <laughs> now people are going to be trying to figure out how, like, how in the hell? Oh, 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 <laughs> no. Keep the number, look, 30 is a good number. That's 15 apiece. And if we both started when we were 16, 18. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, don't, look, man, I, I mean, no, don't do that. Um, over 30 years of in, over 30, which is any number over 31 is over 30, but we right. do have industry expertise. Okay. All right. Now, last year we gave y'all over a hundred episodes of video reviews. We introduced the genre to tons upon tons upon artists that the genre wasn't used to hearing about or knew about. Right. So we also gave you some artist interviews. And at the beginning of the year, we told you guys we were going to expand. And we started you off with a bang by giving y'all what I consider Country Rap's first ever award show. I'm sure there's people out there who can be like, he's a damn lie. But mm -hmm. what, what, what I consider Country Rap's first official award show, okay. where you guys, you guys, especially the gang gang, we all voted and said who the winners were. We didn't pick them. Y'all nominated them, and y'all voted on the winners. Right. We also decided to, hey, give you guys even more, more exclusive interviews for some of your favorite artists in the genre. We started out with some interviews, then we, we really paused the interviews for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. But 2022, we're bringing the interviews back. All right? And we have given y'all some good... To me, we don't have to do another interview this year, but we're going to do more interviews. We gave y'all interviews from Graves, West 10, Mark Kotick, um, SMG Jimmy. Um, Jesse B. Jesse B. Um, we gave y'all an exclusive on Jane Wick before she went into the belly of the beast. Right. And we gave y'all this small guy named Upchurch, a little small short interview on him as well. That <laughs> a few of y'all watched, and we appreciate that. Right. <laughs> but... We decided to give you more and more interviews. But we also decided to give you guys something that we like to call AMA. Ask me anything. We should probably call it AUA. Ask us anything. But AMA, ask me anything, straight out the inbox, music industry playbook, whatever name you want to call it. We decided to say, you know what, we're going to get personal up close with the listeners, the viewers, and answer their questions about things going on in the music industry. So, mm -hmm. 2022, we are on a roll. We like butter, baby, on a roll. We give you the country rap report. We give you three 
additions. We're trying to keep you guys engaged. Yeah, don't forget the radio station. And what, but that's just the things they can see visually. Radio stations with that plural. We got a lot of things going on outside of this podcast. Number mm-hmm. one, let's talk podcast and streaming. We are streaming on all, I mean, all your favorite streaming sites. We are on Spotify. We are on iTunes, am I correct? Yes. And we are on Anchor. Well, Anchor pushes everybody for us, so that pushes it out to iHeart, Deezer. Um, we're on we're, we're on all of the majors. Some of those we get a little delayed because we're they're not based in our country, like Deezer. But the, yes, we are on all of the major outlets. Bottom line, wherever you listen to podcasts, if you don't want to check out YouTube, you can check out the Country Right Report on your favorite streaming site. Okay. Not only that, we decided to launch, we actually launched it last year, but it's going strong, year old, WCRR, what I consider country rap's only internet radio station, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. But also, not only do we review the videos, you can go watch every single video we've ever reviewed because we have a playlist on YouTube, and it's actually called Country Rap Tune Season 1, Country Rap Tune Season 2. It's every video We've ever reviewed unless they take took it down. Okay. And we have a Spotify playlist. We can go to Spotify and just type in country rap report playlist and it'll come up. Or you okay. can get some of your favorite. So we are doing everything we can to embrace the genre and push it for oh, I almost forgot. And we're also we've partnered up with Vertico mm-hmm. to give you guys your own tab when it comes to submitting music to DJs, you can go to Vertical, submit your music, and it will be placed in the country rap genre. Yes. That way DJs can not have to go through all the malarkey if they don't want to, and they just can go to Vertical and see what's new in country rap. You can submit your music there, and they can download the MP3, the video, whatever, however you choose to submit. Yes. So we are... have Have I forgot anything? No. And we have other things in the works. Like a 16-bar challenge. Coming in May, May the 1st. Um, we also have a compilation, Dirty Dozen. Yeah, a compilation. Soon. I can't do four. We, yeah, but what's hey, coming I, soon? You said four. I just, I never, ever interjected. <laughs> I never interjected. I thought in my mind, this man know how hard it is to get everybody on the same page, and he wants to do original music. Okay. We're going to have a compilation, Dirty Dozen, coming out before the year end. Yes. And yes. um, man, all kind of things, man. Every day gets more and more exciting for what we have planned for the genre. Okay, now again, bear with us because anytime we bring you somebody, we feel like it's someone you, as a country rap fan, will endorse. Sometimes some of the people might not be country rap, but we feel like maybe they're missing the mark by targeting the wrong people. So sometimes Agreed. you're gonna get some people that we feel like should be like, hmm. Okay, so. All right, so with that being said, today, guess what we're giving y'all? We're giving y'all an exciting guest. We're giving y'all somebody that I know, I want to know about, so ain't no way in the hell y'all can't want to know about him. Right. I definitely want to know about him. I First of all, my, I got questions. I want to know about this name, because I've been wondering about the name. Well, um, Spank got a question that he's going to ask. Right. We have a million and one questions, because we got a special guest. We got an exclusive interview with a gentleman we're going to bring him up right now um hopefully 
you guys got a lot of questions and hopefully we will answer all those questions because this guy is definitely one of the funniest guys, one of the hardest working guys right. that I have seen in the jungle. So ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Country Rap Report, Mr. Hard Target. What's going on? Target. What up, y'all can hear me? Yo, man. Yes, sir. Up? Yes, sir. But can we get you do one? Doing? Can we get you do us a favor? What's that? Turn it sideways. The... Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Country Rap Report. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Good to be here. Good to be here. All right, so look, man, let's let's we're going we're going from the birth from the, the inception of Hard Target to the day. We're gonna cover everything in the middle. <laughs> All right. Okay. And I'm Sounds sure good. before this podcast is over, Spank is probably gonna ask you for that Target dick shirt. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> but yeah. I'm, Hey, I'll clear that up right now. Uh, Chief, the one that set it, uh, the interview up, bro, he's right. got all those shirts. And he, uh, uh, Ben told him, uh, we give them to you. I think, I think I got an address at one point. I just forgot to send. Okay. Okay. Well, Spank wants that particular shirt. Yeah. Me personally, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I'm a little uncomfortable wearing a shirt saying Target's dick. Hey, it's 2022. Be more progressive, bro. <laughs> So, man, look, let's get it again. Welcome to the show, man. Let's get into it. For anyone who doesn't know, this is Hard Target, Trailer Maids own. Um, the first question I got to ask, man, let's take these people to the very, very beginning. Where are you from? Uh, I'm from uh, Florida. I was raised in Polk County, Lakeland. Uh, born in Michigan, but I've been raised in Florida since I was like six months old. So I'm from Florida, Florida boy at heart. All right. So anytime I talk to anyone, who has embraced hip hop as a whole from Florida? Yep. I gotta ask, were you ever into the booty shake culture? Nah, man. Uh, you know what? When I, I grew up, my, my dad was very strict with the music we listened to. Uh, and I remember uh, I remember getting my ass beat because I was singing uh, the dirty nursery rhymes uh, by like Two Live Crew, Lil Jack Corner sat in the corner, fucking his cutie pie. <laughs> Like and and I remember he overheard it. He goes, "Where the hell did you hear that from?" And it was like I had I know the brother that was raised by my grandparents. He got to listen to all that shit, and we're over here like we are force fed like country music. That was all we we're allowed to listen to. So yeah, like I experienced like uh, the two live crews, uh, the two pox, and all that shit through my older brother, like visiting them and stuff. Okay, mm. okay, all right. So when did you realize that you had this gift that you have? I wouldn't, I don't know. I just, I, you know what it was is I never was real big. I, I didn't grow up like a hip hop head or nothing like that. I was always real big into rock music and country, whatever. And uh, it was around, it was like my father left. And when my father left, we like we grew up in this trailer park uh, uh, our whole life. And then when my father left, uh, pretty much my mom lost the trailer we were living in and stuff like that. And we like literally moved to section eight, like we were in the projects and it just became a thing where it was like, everyone was rapping. I was like, I could do this shit. You know what I mean? Hmm. Like I, I always say this and it's a, uh, it's a, a running joke amongst all of us. Like if I got around a bunch of skateboarders as a kid, I was a skateboarder. If I got around people at BMX and it just so happened, I got a bunch of, around a bunch of motherfuckers that were freestyle. And I was like, okay, I could do this. So up until that point, you you weren't in the rap or didn't want to rap? 
Nah, I just, I, I always love music though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, even to this day, like I, I love, I listen to hip hop. There's a lot of hip hop artists I listen to, but if you were to ask me what, like a, a, one out of a hundred, what is percentage of music I listen to in my playlist? Uh, it's like 20% of it's rap. And if it is rap, it's a lot of older uh, artists. Okay. All right. So getting around guys that were freestyling in your neighborhood and, and mm. basically jumping in the mix, like when did you decide to turn that which would be considered a hobby or something you're doing just to blend in. When did you start saying, man, you know what? I ain't half bad. I'm going to the studio. It, it, it just became a thing where, uh, like, uh, this is like early 2000s where uh, I'm doing it so much and shit like that. Like, I ended up going, okay, I want to record myself. I can't afford to record myself. So I figured out what I needed to record. And once I started recording myself, and like, I immediately, like, uh, like a lot of people don't realize this, like, uh, I, the country rap genre as a whole or whatever, uh, I was introduced to it in like 2015, like when I met the lax, but like, I've been doing the style of music that you guys hear now since I started. And uh, back then when all this shit started with me, what made me stand out is I was doing songs like called raised in the trailer uh second album i think was called back to the trailer uh i was doing country ass shit so like when i go to these open mics and we're battling people i was that dude in flannels and boots and trucker hats rapping uh, going head to head with these people so it just it stood out you know what i mean and it got to the point where when i was doing these shows locally I, I gained a lot of notoriety really fast just based off my image alone you know what i mean all right. Um, have you? I've every since I've seen your name, the mm. name Hard Target. I'm like, okay, that is a very unique and different name. When you were doing it. the open mics and when you started, you know, to develop your craft, have you always been Hard Target? And if so, what does that name actually mean, other than us knowing what a Hard Target is? Uh, one hundred percent. Biggest regret of my career is my uh, artist name. I hate it. Absolutely. When I think when people introduce myself to anybody I meet, it's Ryan. My name's Ryan. Uh, it happens. I built a fan base with the name Hard Target, so I stuck with it. But there's absolutely zero meaning behind it other than the fact that years ago I was signing up for a website and the rap name I was going by was already taken. I looked to my left and on USA, the movie Hard Target's playing. I was like, oh, that's cool, man. <laughs> and I typed a hard target and I remember I did a song I always I always this is what stuck with me I did a song with a rapper from Brooklyn New York his name was minus AK lefty guns uh, he was actually in a group of this random he was actually in a group with Lloyd Banks's younger brother uh, and I did a song with him and I remember when he came in he's like ah oh, it's your boy minus hard target and I was like oh shit he said my name <laughs> I was like geeked out about it and back then back then I was still like I would have those tracks where I'd be like uh, I'll run through your block and shoot the shit up. Like I thought I was a gang gang and all that shit. So back then that name fit. Now I'm looking at it now and I'm like, nah, I think hard target. I think I'm part of G unit or some shit like that. I, like it doesn't uh, reflect what my music sounds like, but it's already been out there for so many years. There's, if I change it now, I'd literally be fucking shoot myself in the foot. What was that original name you had? I think I, bro, I couldn't, I couldn't, I, bro, I had so many douchebag ass names. Uh, I, at one point went by Trigger Play, uh, 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 Shady Oaks 24. That was the, uh, the apartment, uh, like 
the area where we moved to and uh 24 was the uh, apartment building we lived in or the apartment uh we were in it was a bunch of dumb names man okay so when did the because you basically were doing country rap before you knew it was a genre country rap i just i just started rapping about uh, like when I first started freestyling, I, I really thought I was a gangster motherfucker. Like uh, we we would, you know, think we're out there selling dope and shit like that. And I, I remember moving out of the projects back into that trailer. I don't know. Have you seen the, um, the trailer made an announcement uh, yes. video? Yes. That trailer. I, that's where I, when I first built the studio. But I was rapping a good two, three years before that. But I remember moving out of that, uh, uh, out of Brooksville, going, man, now I was going to be the only white boy from actually from the hood, da, da, da. And I felt some type of way about it. Uh, but I remember uh, moving out of there was like the best thing that could have happened to me because I grew up, I've always, always raised in a trailer. You know what I mean? That, that little three, four period, uh, year period out of my life was very minuscule. You know what I mean? And I, immediately just i was like i'm gonna make music about shit that i know about you know what i mean and i, I right out right out the gate uh it was my first album southern accent was it was just country shit and i grew up on shit like field mob fucking uh, i love the first uh, rehab album uh like all that southern shit i dug one, one of the biggest things one of the uh, biggest like uh, hip hop albums I ever listened to was that old field mob shit. And it was nothing but country ass shit. And I was like, I can relate to that shit. So I just kind of went with that. You know what I mean? I wasn't going to try to be like, I'm making music about selling drugs or anything. Cause I'm not out there doing that. Were you the only white guy that was rapping in the early 2000s? No, nah. no, nah, nah, man. Uh, Bredwin, uh, a turquoise. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was he was rapping like I knew of Bredwin like he was uh, one of the local rappers around our area. Um, there's there's this one local rapper named Ashtray I remember. Remember Ashtray? And I remember he he would go to like a real studio and shit. And we were just like these like the teenagers that were freestyling, and everyone was like, oh, a studio. Like there weren't there weren't many white people around at that time. I think Bredwin, that kid, uh, uh, Ashtray that I spoke about. Uh, around our area. I'm sure once we started uh, migrating to Tampa, doing open mics and shit, we, we came across white rappers all the time, but it wasn't as much, it's not as in abundance as there is now. I could open my door for quarters and hit 16 fucking white rappers in my front yard. How, how awkward was it making music that you were making and then what you're hearing that was representing Florida was, you know, bass and ass and titties. You know, was it kind of awkward for you? Um... It was, and I, I hated it. I hated all of it. I, right. I, I was that. I was like that backpacker, fist in the air, like this ain't right. hip hop. This ain't hip hop. Uh, which I, looking back at it now, like I appreciate all that for what right. it is. Because there's like I hated Gucci Man, right? I never liked any Gucci Man. I Same. listen to it now, and I'm like, Gucci Man was. Sh- I, who, with all the hip hop that's out now, you can't help but go like Gucci Man was fucking uh, Talib Kweli. You know what I mean? <laughs> Lyrical as fuck. But um, uh, uh, it wasn't bad, man. It, it, it helped me, man, to be honest with you. It made me stand out. Right, right. Well, you already stood out because of what you look like, but your, your content gave you a different thing because 2000s mm. and hip-hop, that's definitely the booty shake era and definitely the emergence yes. of, of Atlanta. And we were just now coming out of gangster rap. Uh, yeah. 
so it it was a different environment, but you just you stuck through it. Like you, here we are in 2022, yeah. and you know you you you're a stronger man for it. Um, I'm, yeah, one percent. I've always wanted to know, like, what because I was a rapper too, but I stopped a long time ago. Okay. High school. Uh, but to to go through those phases, like, what do you do? Do you have to adapt? Do you just stick with doing what you're doing, or you? you I definitely you, I had my moments because, like, uh, like what you said, booty shaking music in Tampa. We had a thing called Jip music, okay. and uh, th- there was a uh, a bunch of pioneers that uh, built that foundation of Jip music. And okay. even back then, I hated it. Uh, fuck, uh, DJ Strizzo. He's uh, does he's DJed for second chance i believe he's working with mako now okay. he was one of the, he was a fucking mainstay this dude it, you couldn't go into a bar or club anywhere he was uh the the king of juke around here him low-key several other people out here uh and there was moments where i i did have that mentality where i was like okay here's my rap record here's my heartfelt song here's my club song right. you know what i mean <laughs> everyone had that little uh uh yeah. The, well, I can't even think of formula where you had to have the album stacked with the singles, the singles to, for the DJs. That's true. And That's I definitely true. went through that phase for about a good six years where I'd, I'd make club records here and there. You know what I mean? They were awful, awful. How did how how does it feel? Um, because you've been doing it a while. How does it feel being an artist who actually came from the era of pressing up CDs, passing out flyers, snippets? Mm-hmm. Open mics, like how does it feel coming from that era now being an era of basically virtual releasing stuff online, streaming, and that? Like, because you definitely experienced both. Um, the, it, it was, it's definitely different. Like, when I hear artists now complain, like when they're on Facebook and they're like, yo, don't nobody, fuck all y'all local artists. None of y'all support my music. I ain't supporting y'all because y'all didn't share my shit. I'm like, fuck y'all. Like we pressed up. I remember you always got the little clear packages, uh, CD inserts. You got the burnt CDs and then you got uh, 5,000 flyers. It costs the same amount as you bought uh, inserts and it yeah. costs the same amount as you bought a thousand. So every time we uh, ran through a thousand, we printed up another, uh, burned another thousand CDs, hand them out. Like y'all motherfuckers don't know what it was like when we were out there putting flyers on windshields mm-hmm. like all mm-hmm. fucking week long. Uh, paying to go to uh, music conferences, you know what I mean? I did, without exaggerating, I I probably did about 1,200 shows before I got a dollar for a show. And I, I look at it now and I see these people like that they've done one or two shows. Like, do you think, what do you think I should charge? And they'll ask me this stuff and I'm looking at them like, you shouldn't be charging shit. You need to go out there and fucking put in your work and then get to a point to where you deserve to be paid. I mean, I tell artists all the time, um, if I'm promoting an event and I can't put your name on a flyer and make one penny, how can I pay mm-hmm. you? It's like... Exactly. But I, sometimes I guess artists don't get it, but I understand. I've never been an artist, but most artists have never been a promoter and they've never been what you've been through. You know, back in the day, we called it paying your dues. I don't even hear anybody talking about dues anymore. No. No, not at all. I, I've literally gambled my family's uh, uh, rent money, electric money, uh, just to break even and get back home and have to find a side job to pay the bills hundreds and hundreds of times. 
like they, they, the concept of paying your dues. But those people that get it like that, uh, and uh, you could see it throughout the test time. People that find success overnight won't make it sustain. People that find success over a long period of time will make it last a long period of time because they know how to appreciate it once they got it and they know what to do with it once they do have it. All right. So now, you think the, um, the next crop of rappers going to be a little weaker because they don't have the dues to pay or don't have rights of passages to go through? Uh, I absolutely do. I, I for, uh, When it comes to, from all aspects of it, if a record fails, they're not going to know how to deal with that mentally. That if they true. go out and do a show and only three people show up versus 300, they're not going to know how to deal with that mentally. They're That's not going to, uh, they're not going to uh, understand when they drop the same song for three years straight that uh, when they don't switch up their style and kind of adapt with the times and change their flow patterns, change their melodies, people aren't going to listen anymore. They're not going to know how to take that mentally because they just won right out the gate. You're right. You're right. Damn, that's um, that's pretty deep because I don't, there's a lot of in country rap, especially this new crop. Mm. Um, there are no dues to pay. Like there is no methodology of them having to pay dues, and there definitely isn't any right of passage. They just throw the music out, and if it, it go. sticks, they move. Um, it can one hundred percent go. A, 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 a lot of people don't realize it, but then again, no. I could say this though: this is uh, there could be an artist, right? Uh, right. Okay, I'll use I'll use it, uh, him as an example. To me, I never knew who Trap House uh, Kuda was before that single came out. Right. I don't know. I don't know what he did before that. He probably fucking grinded for years. I'm just judging based off. That's the first song I heard. He blew up off the first song. No, go look at his back catalog. He's got projects out, videos out prior to that. Right. So like anyone could judge something right off the uh, uh, gate because they just now discovered it. Motherfucker probably heard Chevrolet by me and thought, oh, this guy's brand new. No, motherfucker, I've recorded over 30 albums in the past 15 years. You know what I mean? Like, Right. They don't realize the, the back uh, work that came with it. You've done over 30 albums in 15 years? I stopped counting albums uh, back in 2013. I was at, And when I say albums, it was mixtapes also at 26. Right, right, right. At 26 albums, I stopped counting them. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. I've, got, I've got more songs on my current computer right now. And I could say this, I've, I'll put, my, I'll, I'll put uh, my house on it. I've got more songs on my current computer now, unreleased, that I will never finish more than some of these people's catalogs. I, I, mm -hmm. I, I, it's, uh, I just record a lot, is what it is. Where do you find that passion to record so much? And do you ever recycle rhymes? Or have you ever recycled I'm sure. I, I'm, I'm sure I have. Uh, I, I, especially in the past, like, seven eight years i'm sure i've done it along the lines i find myself doing it in the same song sometimes not realizing it because i don't write i uh i do everything in my head and record Lies. it he lied he lied what's that he lied there's no way your rhyme pattern is all freestyle you think i'm bullshit now oh bullshit i'll be i'll be honest with you i'm flattered i know your background and i know you've been around this shit for a while and the fact that you think that because you're you're holding it up there right this is i, I don't believe my hat it to you. i don't believe it but you're you're, yeah. you're too skilled like yes. there's no way the way that you rap <laughs> it is coming straight off the dome i don't believe it 
I'd have to you, see well, you're, you're cool with Bra- you're cool with Bravo. Talk to Bravo. Okay. Okay. I've I've recorded songs. I've I've literally uh there's a song on me and West Nile, the producer that's working with Mako right now. We got a song called Crown. The song is and I, I have I have uh timestamps to prove this too. Uh the song I think is three minutes and thirty seconds. I recorded when I say recorded it, wrote and recorded the vocals because originally Crown was just for West uh sing I, I wrote it for him to sing mm-hmm. gave it to him he didn't want to finish it and we kept my rough draft vocal in there so it was a collab i recorded it wrote and recorded it in 10 minutes the full song in your head in my head i don't do it in one take i'm not i'm not gonna lie i'm not doing it like a one take i think of a couple bars oh, ain't nobody doing it in one take, though. but that's some yeah. that's some that's some um i mean lil wayne's probably the only person I've, and lil wayne oh. and jay-z are probably the only people that i've seen so yeah. do that level of talent. All right. So now you'd be surprised. I've 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 recorded a lot of local rappers over the years, especially in the past like five six years, where that's just a new thing. And and I'm gonna be honest with you, and because it's on my aspect of it too, it's laziness. They don't want to write. They don't want to take the time and uh, go. This bar could be instead of like when you set out your bar, it's like one, two, three, four. They go right. okay. This right. rhyme would make more sense if I moved it to number two. If I move number one down to the fourth, right. I move three to one. They don't think uh, 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 that whenever they're punching in. But uh, I've learned a method to it. What, what I do is I don't plug in my headphones now. I record it. So I, I have to force myself to re-record it once I listen to it once or twice. And I could fix those mistakes and not be committed to it no more. I know in my head I can't put this out because... There's drums and shit playing in the background. I didn't wear headphones. So now I have the opportunity to go in there and swap out bars in uh, the order of uh, things. Have you ever released any of that behind the scenes footage of how you record? Uh, I don't think we've ever really recorded it. Yeah, we've been but, live. I would probably, do, I mean, and I'm just saying this just for the next generation. Like that would be a good yeah. teaching tool for them. No. Yeah. No, 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 bro. This, dude, this dude's talent is crazy. There's no, no I, that's, I, I, you know what? You Jay Z, Biggie, Lil Wayne, Biggie's true, yes. Ti and I've, I've never seen Ti. Oh do yeah, it. I trust me. Yeah, Ti. Okay, okay. Everybody else that I've seen, time wasters. That's what I call it. Goddamn time wasting, and they're wasting time saying some words. So the fact that Hard Target, in my opinion, has a classic album. Thank you. And and, and you telling me that you don't write. <clears throat> Uh, you just you just moved to my Mount Rushmore. You just moved to my Mount Rushmore because that's I will say, insane. But the reason I would not want you to make a video doing it because every uh, other lazy, time wasting son of a bitch yeah. is gonna watch your video and be like, yeah, yeah, this how no, no, but it would be a good teaching tool because they they just punch him, you know, and, and they need to time. learn how he does it though. You guys are holding it at like a, a higher pedestal. I'm going to break it down to you real simple. When a person's writing and uh, Spank, uh, you've done uh, music before. When a person's writing, they play the beat, they hear the shit, write yes. a couple lines down, play yes. it back, rehearse it, write down the next line that came to their mind, play it back, rehearse it, write down the next line. I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm cutting out the middleman of the paper. It's the exact same thing. The only difference between that and the way a person writes and cutting out the paper is I'm very fast with it. Like I could think of rhymes very quick. Okay. It's, okay. It's not like a, a difficult thing for me. So uh, 
it's not as prestigious as I, uh, a lot of people think it is. No, I think it's it is. literally just cutting out a, a part of the process. It's literally lazy. I think you're cutting out. I this. think you're shortchanging yourself now because it's not that easy. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play devil's advocate again, though. I'm gonna play the devil's advocate again. The <laughs> good part about what it is, when you just said earlier, there's no way you do it with the patterns you're using. That's right. one of the main reasons I do it. When I when I hear beat, right? When I hear beat, like Seth Anthony, hey man, I want you to jump on this song for my album. I got cool. Did you listen to it? I go, no, I haven't listened to it. He'll hit me up an hour later. Did you listen to it? No, not yet. And there's a reason B is because I'm not going to listen to it until I have a phone in front of my face and mm -hmm. I can press play and record something on my phone. Because as soon as I hear the beat, the first thing I do is start mumbling shit. Okay. I don't sit there and freestyle nothing and come up with these incredible lines. I start coming up with patterns and pockets. So when I do that, I take these pockets. I go, okay, boom, I got what I, I, I listened to it once or twice. Got the pocket I like. I drop the uh, the beat or the instrumental into the session. I take that audio recording I did. I drop it into the session and I sit there and look at it. Now I'll, I'll play a couple bars and go, okay, what do I want to say in here? It's like the a line is, uh, and I'm and I'm running down the mountain down the mountain go. And I'll, I'll listen to it a couple times. Like and I'm running down the road. I got an hour to go. You know what I mean? I'll think of it right. uh, and I'll just piece it together. But. Uh, where I say is uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate on it is uh, a lot of people do that laziness where they're punching in. They don't give a fuck, but they say I'm genuinely trying to think of the most creative stuff to say in those things without just mumbling some bullshit. But it is a laziness that? thing. <laughs> you create with that. Hold on, hold on now. I'm, I'm deep into the process. Do you create with that harmony or that tone? You try to find that first before you try to find the lyrics? A wonder percent. I, I never worry about lyrics until I got what I used to do it only for the hooks. Right. Mm -hmm. I used to only do it for a hook. I'd uh, find where the hook is and I, then I'd uh, do the raps or whatever. Now I've gotten to the point where I go, uh, I don't want to be Joe button. Right. I don't want to be that. I'm 36 years old. I don't want to be this dude that's stuck in a, a day and age where I'm writing these boom bat one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, uh, mm -hmm. basic uh, four count, uh, uh, bars so right. what i do is i go in there and i do the exact thing once that hooks uh idea is there i go in there and i lay down a pattern of what that verse pocket's going to be and then i go back and then i worry about the lyrics the lyrics don't mean shit to me until i got a good pocket because if i could catch the people with my cadence in my pocket i know i can make good lyrics That's where, easy. Where, did, where did you learn that from because that is a singer's or slash songwriter technique that's it. it. That's all it is. I, I, I literally, I remember what it was is I would listen to beats and I go, fuck, mm -hmm. I forgot what I, I was doing. What was it again? Look around. And I just got to the point to go, I'm not doing this no more. For now on, when there's a beat playing, I'm recording something. You taught yourself a technique that a lot of Grammy award winning songwriters do. Yeah. <laughs> they, I, I, they, they'll, go ahead. I had no idea what a harmony was. I didn't know I was doing harmonies 10 years ago. Oh my like, God. Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, what is Jack Daniels? How does Jack Daniels go? Uh, uh, fuck, how does the chorus in Jack Daniels go? I'm trying to think of the harmony. Either way, uh, like, you know, like uh, people, you got a harmony, like, uh, right. when I walk away, right. uh, like, just because you go, and I walk away, right. that's just a higher octave. Right. I know right. this now, but back then, I thought uh, I was just doing these cool layers. Then you have the harmony, which I, when I walk, uh, when I walk away, like right. say, that's the harmony. I didn't know I was doing harmonies until a buddy, West Nile, 
He's like, oh, man, I love that harmony. I'm like, what do you mean by harmony? And he explains <laughs> what it is. You're right. in the same key. You're just singing along with it timing-wise, but in different notes. Right. Do you know right. what I mean? And right. I didn't realize I was doing it. It just sounded good to me. You know what I mean? So it's the same concept with the, what you just said. It was an mm. accident. Just trying to fix what I, I, I was fucking up on. I'm a, I'm I'm uh, I'm I, I respect the talent even more so now because most of it was on accident. Like, that was amazing. Yeah. Let me tell you <laughs> why it's Go incredible ahead. that do you know most people can't say that alphabet without doing their goddamn rhythm? Yeah. A, B, C. Oh yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> oh, so for you to act like oh what I do, this is some normal shit. No, man, people can't even say that alphabet without singing it. So hell right. no. Like this right. iconic shit right there. It wasn't like it wasn't like an overnight thing though. This was years. Like if you go back and listen to like uh the, those first things I put out and stuff, like I know the back to the trailer. That's like my third album, like actual album. And that was like 2004 or five. You'd go back then, you could hear harmonies and shit in there, but they weren't good. You know what I mean? It was just me like troubleshooting, coming up with shit, thinking that I think it sounds good right. and trying to come in and be comfortable with uh, me even singing at that point. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, it was on a all of it inevitably is just accident. You know what I mean? Over and over doing it. I did it a lot, though. Don't. So out of all of these projects that you've released. Don't get that license plate in this in this shot. Yeah, right. no, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> so look. I got to ask you a question. So how far back in Hard Target's career can we go before I start, before I start digging? Because I got questions, but I ain't going to ask them if I can't ask them. What it was, uh, I do know this. I know, like, I had a series called You Get Stomped On Volume 1. You're not going to find those. You'll find a few of the songs off it. Chief. You know the guy, Chief, that uh, wrote y'all? Mm -hmm. He was the first original dude I used to tour with. He used to rap. And uh, uh, there's a couple of, I did three you get stomped on volumes with him i know like shut up and rap volume two three and four might be on that piff uh, all those rare b-sides i did four of those or five of those mixtapes you're not going to find any of those but you can find some of the songs like on SoundClick. motherfuckers don't know about SoundClick. fuck soundcloud <laughs> SoundClick was the shit yeah it was <laughs> um but uh I, I i accidentally came across that back to trailer which is the oldest one that i have access to like uh, on hand uh, that's on SoundClick. I just found out and I, I found that like two weeks ago I was like did I go I, I was looking up like a hat I was like I couldn't bring myself to wear a cowboy hat I was like my dumb ass wore it on the cover of back to trailer so I went to go look it up and I saw it was still online so look I gotta ask this and then you can say next question if you want mm -hmm. and I ain't even gotta say their name but what's that I'm a research guy. I'm, I consider myself a journalist. Yeah. Since years back, you released a couple of disc records where you had to put foot to ass. Oh, uh, yeah. Stage dive and. Oh, stage dive cryptoclism. Oh, well, you want to call the name? <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm, I did a show with him, like, I think about eight months ago. And you also had um so what which was cryptic with them in Joker. What brought the upon Joker, yeah. what brought upon those and the funny thing about it, funny thing, you never tell you why I'm really mentioning because a few maybe a month or so ago, we reviewed one of your records. 
And I guess someone from that era jumped in yeah. his chat during the premiere and actually yeah. brought the situations up. And I was like, man, this dude tripping hard. Sorry about these guys. What is he talking about? Um, Just to put it in a nutshell, what brought upon those situations? And are you the type of MC that will defend yourself on the mic? Uh, those situations were me purely just being a dickhead. Uh, I remember the day, uh, and I, people are going to think, uh, if, if people are able to go back in time and, uh, look at the dates, the timestamps on uh, stage dive and they go look back at, uh, cryptic wisdom and Joker may have deleted theirs. I'm not sure. But if you look at stage, uh, the, uh, the timestamps or whatever, so to speak, what it was is. The Joker and Cryptic Wisdom did like some song or were going to do a song and the Joker started publicly uh, talking shit uh, to him. And I, w I was never cool with the Joker. Never. I mean, not we didn't have beef or nothing, but I didn't talk to him like that. I was cool with Cryptic Wisdom. Uh, and I remember they were going back and forth talking shit. And I remember I said something like I was like, oh, you're just going to let this man bully you like that? Like publicly? I was just egging it on, being a dickhead. And uh joker was like uh like clowning him and kind of at the time i was like yo this dude's not gonna say nothing back like yo you say you say my shit you got 30 minutes and the track's online i'm, I'm stopping what i'm doing the track's online and that's my was my mentality back then and uh it was like three four days later he dropped a diss track on joker and then said my shit now this is why i say if you go find that original joker diss and look at the timestamp, then go look at the timestamp on mine. 30 minutes after he released that, I released that stage dive this. And then it was like two and a half weeks later. Uh, oh, no, that's what it was. Uh, I Not stage dive. I didn't drop. I dropped the one where I was dissing them both, right? Because mm -hmm. there's three of them. There's one where I diss uh, the Joker and Cryptic Wisdom at the same time. And Joker just got it just because he was in the conversation. And then uh, a week later, he dropped the disc solely on me and brought up my daughter's name. And this is where I actually just got angry over it. 30 minutes later, I had one directed towards him only. And then it was like three, a month later, Joker dropped the disc track and threw me in on it. I dropped the solo one of disc and him only. But a, a lot of that back then was just me uh, being a dick. You know what I mean? When the shit was happening, we were all like, we all had acquaintances. It was around that era where the funk volume was doing Don't Funk Up the Beat. Mm -hmm. I don't know if y'all are familiar with that. I've heard that. They had these contests and they were doing it every year. And uh, uh, Joker, Cryptic Wisdom, Whitney Payton, Nova Rockefeller, Tom McDonald, uh, Overtime, Mercules. All of us were doing these uh, uh, contests back then. And I remember we were all kind of growing at a similar a pace between the three of us or whatever. And I was just like, let one of these motherfuckers say my name. I promise you on everything I love, I'm going to bite a bitch's head off. And well, was at that point, I was like, again, I've got three kids. I'm 36. At that point, I already had a show booked flying to Joker's shit. Uh, where is he from? Like Albuquerque, New Mexico or something? Yeah. And Cryptic Wisdom was the headliner on that shit. And once he said my daughter's name, I was like, I'm going to slap the shit out of you when I get there, too. So the whole fucking show got like, he like backed out of it. And I ended up, ended up going out there headlining it. We talked like a month or two later. He apologized. Everything's water under the bridge. Uh, Joker, I just never had a relationship with. So there's no 
talking about nothing, which I was never really mad at uh, him anyways. So I wasn't mad a, at either one of them until someone said something about my kid. So as an MC, you're definitely, because, you know, I'm going to be honest, when people get at each other, as long as it stays on wax, I think it's steel sharp and steel. To yeah. me, I'm, I'm a steel sharp and steel type of guy. So you're definitely the type of MC that if approached, you will defend yourself on the microphone. Yeah, but ain't nobody do doing that. Ain't don't nobody do doing it. Ain't nobody. Do they're not They'll doing be, it. They'll be real I'll, be real with, I'll be real with you. There's there's <laughs> two rappers. Uh, like, there's a lot of country rap when I first got into it. It was very one-two buck on my shoe. There's a lot of dope-ass yes. rappers in country rap now. Like, lyrical yes. dope-ass rappers. Yes. There's, there's two rappers I would be worried to go head-to-head -head with. There's two rappers in this genre I'd be worried to go... Bar for bar, I definitely would have to pull out my big guns for these dudes. Uh, there's not many people. Uh, but again, though, I know how I am, though, too. I, I wouldn't back down from any of it. We used to have to battle off the top of our head. Right. Right. All right. So, look, I'm going to ask this question for Spank. This is something that um, I'm going to ask about that shirt he, just, he got on. No, that, I'm going to say that for you. <laughs> this, is, this is the other question. I love Mako. Um. Racket County. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about first of all, how did that collective form? Right. And will there be more? Oh shit, man. We, when we put out that last one, we recorded uh I think eight extra songs that are just sitting there on a hard drive somewhere. I'm I'm definitely down like I owe I owe everything to Clay and Brian. So anytime they say, Hey, we're going to do this, all they gotta do is pick up that phone. They know how it works. So what, but, what's, what was the purpose of Racket County, though? Like, it's, was it a troll job? Like, what was it? Because I'm mad. Because I got I got Racket County at the beginning of the year, and I'm expecting it's about to be this big, fabulous Racket County tour. Mm -mm, we ain't getting none of that. So what, what, what is, what's the purpose? I, to be real, I didn't, I didn't think there was going to be a tour. On the first Racket County, it was, it was definitely a different energy. It was a... Uh, like to me, like even this Racket County we dropped at the beginning uh, that you're talking about right now, I don't hate it by any means. I think there's some dope ass records on there. I don't think it was the Racket County we originally did. That original Racket County had like a grit to it, but back then it was a plan. Like we did a Racket County tour the whole nine. Mm -hmm. uh, if if I'm being honest, I think this was just uh, all right. My album just dropped. The lax were working on an album. Yes. Let's if all four of us together, we're gonna not. We recorded, I think, uh, we dropped six songs. I think we recorded like 16 songs in uh, a four day weekend when we went up there, and that was like production from the ground up with Wes, you know what I mean? Right? So, uh, it was one of those things where I think it was like, yo, this is a good segue until everyone releases their next shit. I don't think there was gonna be a tour or nothing coming to that. So, was Racket County. You guys' version of uh, Slaughterhouse? Hey, you could say that. Clay always used to say uh, country rap Wu-Tang. Okay. <clears throat> the same how, concept. How y'all yeah. come together? Uh, that was all simple, man. I was uh, West Nile. Uh, West Nile, the producer that's working at Mako now. I've known him. I've been working with him since 2006, 2007. Well, I've known him since then. I didn't work with him until like around when my daughter was born. Um, but, uh, 
he was doing a band with Simple Man and this other artist named Phil Curvin, and they were called Psycho Billy Cadillac. If y'all ever get a chance, I know y'all are Simple Man fans, go look up Psycho Billy Cadillac. They have like probably, an, I think they got a whole album uh, online. Incredible songs. And this is when I was introduced to uh, country rap. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always worked with Wes, and he's like, yo, these dudes I'm working with now, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like hearing Simple Man. Simple Man's like fucking spaz. And I'm like, yo, bring that motherfucker around. And we did <laughs> songs and shit like that. And I know they were having like an issue where the other guy was like one foot in, one foot out. And I was like right there at that moment where I was like, I don't want to do music anymore. This is, it's just burning time and I'm just barely getting by. Mm-hmm. And uh, I started doing the songs with Simple Man uh, and West Nile was producing them. And we took the name Hard Target and because beca- I already had a good following online and became a group Hard Target, just used my name. We started doing shows and I remember uh, he's like, yeah, we're going to go to this mud park. I'm like, oh, what? It's like a mud park. Like they go four wheel and shit. I'm like, why? Like, oh, they're doing this show. This band, the lax are there. Da, da. I remember parking out in front of the gate and we're sitting there. And he's like, yeah, they're supposed to come up here and get us in. If not, we got to pay $40 to get in. I was like, I ain't going in. I'm not paying $40 to go get dirty. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and I remember uh, Maria, Clay's uh, wife, pulled up to front four wheeler. Da, da, da. We went back there. And we meet Clay and Brian and immediately we're like, oh, this guy's a douchebag just like us. And we like, I mean, uh, simple man, well, I went to high school with these dudes and uh, already knew him. Uh, and, but immediately from that day forward, uh, uh, what it was, I think Maria and Nicole, which are uh, the lack significant others, they were already had saw us live and were like obsessed with the shit we were doing at the time and put Clay and uh, Brian onto it. And they're immediately like, yo, we want to take y'all on tour, do this, that, and the third started working with the uh, lax and pretty much you see it play out all online. Yeah. But that, and then racket County came about like that. Basically once we started doing multiple and multiple songs, it's like, let's do a group album. Okay. All right. Um, so we, we moving, we moving through the life of hard target. Um, so I'm gonna leave the next question. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead off. Okay, Last studio. year, and right here on the Country Rap Report, we made an announcement. Yep. Hard Target is probably oh, wow. a member of Mako Music. How did, yes, that, how did that union come about? Um, well, I've known Bravo for, I think, about 10 years, about uh, 2011-ish, 2012. Uh, I, I heard of him before that, but I, I talked to him at that point online. We had a relationship. There was always a mutual respect. He was one of those dudes that was like, right there we always i always before like the savannah stuff took off me and bravo like had that like uh the same type of shit we're dope rappers made great songs but we could never catch a break you know what i mean so there's always a mutual respect and i know when the uh i did the uh, one album deal with dirt rock inevitably which i did like three or four with them uh at that point i was like everything's kind of stagnant right now and i remember he hit me up this was like I think you might have still been working with them, Spank, at the time, because he hit me up. And I remember him uh, saying, yo, man, I, we're, we're about to do this deal. Da, da, da. I'd love to bring you on board. And I still wasn't like, I don't know if I want to leave Dirt Rock. I kind of just shrugged it off. And then he hit me up again at the beginning of 2021. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I'm like, yo, I need something to work. And I see what they're doing over here. This shit's crazy. Uh, anything they touch is gold. You know what I mean? And uh, 
again, we had already this common respect for each other. So it ended up coming about like that. He's like, hey, man, I feel like we could do this, this, and this. It's like, fuck it, let's run it. So does you being with Mako or still the with Mako, does that like, is that a conflict of interest for you to have trailer made music or are you going to be able to still be with Mako and do trailer made stuff? I'm, I'm uh, to be honest with you, uh, I'm just trailer made now. I did an album deal with Mako and okay. uh, me and me and Bravo a few months back. It was, we never made a, a, a thing about it. You know what I mean? Uh, like, Oh, uh, he's no longer a maker or anything like that. Anything they put out, I'm sharing it. And it's, I, I fucking when they drop go live and release their videos, I'm in that shit. Right. I got nothing but love for Bravo, Savannah, FJ, and all the new people that I did meet before I did leave Mako. Okay. Trailer made. Uh, it basically, it was one of those things where, towards the end of it, like when I first uh, started working with Mako, uh, I let him know I'm like, yo, I don't want to do like a a long contract type of deal because I could if if don't work out and this shit don't move the way I think it will, I can do bad on my own. You know right. what I mean? Right. And uh, he, he was completely cool with that. And the di- the difference was, is like when uh, the Mako dynamic, they got a studio out there. They're all in the room brainstorming the, uh, a video guy, uh, someone doing the graphics, the recording, yes. the production, the mixing, the mastering. Yes. I, we, me and Bredwin just did it all. Everything. Right. And uh, uh, Bravo did everything he could in his power to help. But even he, uh, I, I've explained him once that YouTube algorithm took a hit, uh, last year, everything just fucking got hit. At, right, it was right after the Savannah song. The breaks just got hit on everything, mm-hmm. and it was just a common thing. He's like, "Man, I can't continue to uh, go. We're going to take percentage of this when it's not winning." You know what I mean? You're doing it all yourself. He's like, right. I, "Anything you need from me, just hit me up." He's like, "But I want you to push forward with Trailer Made and whatever I could do to help, hit me up." And it was so it was a common uh, a departure, so to speak. That's fair. I mean, he, I mean, he's always been fair with his paperwork anyway, because he doesn't do any recoup and all that other stuff. So, you know, that was yeah, fair. yeah. All right, but you did leave them a classic. That that project you put out over there. Um, Thank you, bro. I I gotta say, like, I rolled rolled that thing for a long time. How'd you actually come up with like that title for that project first? Because it felt like to me that I didn't know if it was, you know, like. Good night. I've got nobody. What did that mean? Explanation for it. It, uh, We were riding. We we were on a trip, me and Gotti, and I heard it on a podcast. It was it was a quote from a novel, bro. I had to look it up again. I can't even tell you what the quote was interpreted as, but when it it was, I was like, "Yep, that's why I'm naming the album Good Night Nobody." Like basically, I'm 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 saying this, uh, and there's no point of even saying it. No one's even fucking listening. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, we yeah. um we've argued about the classic term of the album, and we even argued if Target's album oh. was good as or better than Church's. So it's still an argument that we both have. Um, but I, I mean, Vic, the, but Vic thinks it's classic. You don't? I think it is. No, I no. Vic said that Church's album was classic too, and I was like, I don't know about that, fam, because I heard Target country rap. Those mm-hmm. are my only two classic albums. Now maybe I, I will maybe give I you haven't it. heard any. Maybe I've missed something, but I'm just okay. saying if we took 2021, mm-hmm. if we took 2020 to 2022, I yeah. only heard two albums that or I can listen to every single day. Yeah. And people chant and good night, nobody. 
And that's no, I, that's not I, me okay. dissing anyone. I, I okay. appreciate it, man. I, I'm not, I've been listening to people champ. I listened to the songs he released and I had mm -hmm. no complaints about any of them. I liked, uh, especially the people champ one, but I will say this 2021, uh, Beyonce had the best album of all time. No, but uh, the best no. album of 2021 <laughs> was uh, hu uh, Hub Walls. That there's no game. He was around in my it. conversation. He, he was in mine. I said the same thing. I haven't. Bro, I haven't listened to it. I apologize. I haven't listened to it. But I, 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 I put. I put here, Go ahead. I put okay. Hub Walls. I put Hard Target, and I put Savannah Savages in the okay. same bracket as the People Champ. I didn't call any of them classics now, but I did say they were all damn good records and good projects. Um, so I, I definitely gave you that. But I don't, um, I don't know about. Okay, definitely. I'm trying to think about the track listing now. Why he's Why no yours thinking? about your classicness? Because oh. when we're doing classic, ah. it's got to be a a run from from the first to the last and no fall offs. Like there can be peaks and valleys, but if it falls too far yeah. down to go back up. Bro, it's gonna be real hard, bro. That I wouldn't be mad whatsoever if you. Uh, uh, to me, that album. Uh, and this is just being honest with it. If I listen to them track by track, I love and appreciate each track. Uh, but as an as a, uh, together as an album, I myself, I, if I, you were to ask me my top three albums, it's not even a question. If that's that's not even near, really, uh, than my top three. And absolutely not. Deja Vu. Don't get me wrong. The Deja Vu record. What? I put that in my top three songs I've ever uh, written. Like, I love that song. It was incredible to me. But the album itself, Joyriding, Joy, the album I did 2020, the last Dirt Rock album, uh, if you listen to that front to back, the album title, and just listen to it, it is what it is. It's an album you ride to. It's okay. a fucking riding-ass album. And to me, that's in my top three. Uh, uh, chain smoking that's in my top three you know what i mean uh that album right there was kind of like oh i need to put this out i owe them an album and uh i seen everyone else putting stuff out so it's kind of like a nervous anxious decision on my part going hey bravo i'm gonna just put this out and he's like all right bubba that's what you want you can tell he's like <laughs> you don't want to sit down and talk about stuff you know i mean bro well, i was very hard-headed all those songs like all those songs had a meaning, and Deja Vu definitely is in my all-time country rap classics. Like, I don't know, Thanks. man. May, I, I'm sorry. I rolled that album and rolled that album and rolled that album. I worked night shifts, and that shit mm -hmm. got me home without falling asleep for two months. Well, thank you. Thank you. Two months. I really appreciate it. And, man, that's, I don't know. It, 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 something about it touched my inner grown man. No I'm homo. so glad I could touch your inner grown man, Vic. <laughs> no, no homo, but not. not oh, we got to bring a little gay in it now, Janet. Don't do that. Don't do that. Let's let's keep it separated. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so look, also, man. When well, when, now, well, now I respect the album more. Now I know that it's talent, and he did not write it. I'm <laughs> okay. I might need to go reevaluate that classic uh, terminology now because this that's, that's some good shit on that album. Damn good. Shit. I appreciate it. Target, then what's a classic album that you've listened to? Five months. Rap-wise, rap-wise. Rap uh, rap-wise, rap-wise. Country rap or uh, hip-hop, whatever. What, what, if we lock Hard Target <laughs> on an island. What happened? The Rehab Graffiti. Oh, that's, that's kind of not rock, a rap. Uh, rehab, re I, I, I don't let you go Rehab. I fuck with Rehab. The original Graffiti the World, to me, was an incredible album. It was incredibly good. We doing uh, any genre? That's what we doing? 
No, we, no, we root, from the Ruta to the Tuta. Okay. okay, okay. Fucking okay. A, bro. Field Mobs, Ruta to the Tuta was fucking good, bro. That's the one with Dead and Chevy, right? Am I crazy? Bro, that was fucking, oh, you got that, mix it up, hit it up, hide it up, put it in a pie. That shit was fire. Um, okay. um, mine one more, be, one uh, more. Uh, okay. I'll, well, I'm a, I'll give him one because he can have one of mine. He probably can you give my, him one of yours. Because it should be one of his. Mine would be the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Say it again. Say it again. The miseducation of Lauren Hill. Oh, I, 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 uh, uh, yeah. I was gonna. Redmond just said it. She don't want white people to buy her album. <laughs> <laughs> she said, uh, "What she said? She said I'd rather my kids starve than uh, a white person buy my album." I'm First gonna go of all, buy that motherfucker. Now. Bring, don't bring race into this. Okay, no, no, no. breadwin. No. Lauren <laughs> Hill was amazing. I don't give a fuck about what if that's what she believes. I don't give a fuck. I still love her music. Right. Um, I'm gonna hold on. Can I pause this conversation? Anything we do with trailer made, it's the, we don't look at CEO or anything. Trailer made is uh me and breadwin. If uh, right. dirty turns around, dirty turns around and uh blows up uh with the song. And his song blows up the channel, and Trailer Maid's like a household name. But yeah, me and a breadwinner, the owners of Trailer Maid. I'll be a damn fool if I'm not going to turn around and give him the same percentage we're getting off of it because he just turned our thing into an empire. Right. You know what I mean? Right. I'm, I, 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 I don't like to sit back and see uh, the always the people at the head of the table eat. You know what I mean? Right. Everyone, should, if this person helped build this, they should get the same size plate you got. If they put, did the same amount of effort into it, you know what I mean?